Welcome to the Working Smarter Podcast, presented by Calabrio. This podcast, just like the software we make at Calabrio, is designed to help you get the most out of the resources that are available to you. This includes both technology resources and, more importantly, human resources. In this series, we will discuss industry trends and best practices, as well as sharing success stories and pain points with some of the most innovative professionals in the industry. Join us as we learn and grow together in order to provide world-class customer service to each and every one of our clients. Joining us today is Daniel Rio from Zovio, formerly known as Bridgepoint Education. Daniel is the Contact Center Director for Zovio. In this role, he shares best practices across the organization in order to provide best-in-class recommendations, reporting, and strategy for areas that are involved in client-student contact. He also assists in the integration of technologies such as Avaya ACD, call recording, speech analytics, soft phones, data marts, and call routing design through various business units. He currently leads a team of contact center analysts with responsibility for the Avaya Predictive Dialers, Avaya CMS Supervisor, Calabrio One, Speech Analytics, and Contact Center Maturity Evaluation. Okay, so Daniel Rio, thank you for joining us here today. We're really happy to have you uh, sure. as one of the first guests on our on our new podcast. So Fabulous. really appreciate you being here. I um, hope you're enjoying the Minneapolis weather. Oh, absolutely. Okay. It was the same as when I left San Diego. <laughs> oh, really? Which is quite surprising. It is. But, uh, nice, nice out here. Nice, nice. I love San Diego. It's <laughs> like my that is my favorite place in California. <laughs> uh, well, excellent. So uh, I uh, during the intro, I gave folks kind of a high level overview of your uh, career, kind of the Cliff's Notes version of, sure. of who you are, but uh, maybe you could go a little bit more into detail. Tell us uh, about uh, your, your history, how you got into the contact center industry. Uh, tell us a little bit about your role today at Zovio and, and, and how you've ended up where you are. Sure. Well, I started out in contact center. I wanted to get back actually into school and an insurance company offered tuition reimbursement for contact center agents, customer service and sales agents. Got in that way within probably a year and a half, became a trainer, moved up, then graduated, became a supervisor, um, uh, went for my master's, uh, which was also covered under tuition reimbursement. I loved the company, was there about seven and a half years. Uh, then got recruited out of there to go to another insurance company and start a brand new contact center in California. Uh, which I was located. So uh, kind of started my Avaya experience there. They had an Avaya switch, uh, built all the processes and practices, was employee number eight. We took that to 220, uh, then moved back down to kind of San Diego for another insurance company after that, that office was closed. Uh, same thing, more and more technology, uh, workforce management, uh, IVRs for this insurance company uh, that worked with uh, uh, various clients and um, uh, really started working with business objects and data visualizations and things like that. So my uh, technology just kept increasing as moving from these uh, positions to positions, then moved on into the student lending industry as an operations uh, director for loan processing. So things Six Sigma and um, process and failures and avoiding those failures and the resulting calls when people's uh, uh, student lending uh, applications were delayed or where am I in the process, uh, that company then moved to Nevada. When the student lending and the credit crisis all happened, shut down a lot of the markets and went to Bridgepoint Education, now Zovio. 
to help bring their CRM in. Uh, while I was there, uh, they uh, considered uh, um, purchasing a new PBX. Uh, they purchased an Avaya switch. The project manager came along and said, hey, we decided to go with Avaya. I said, well, I have 20 years experience on that switch. Nice. You probably should be on the project <laughs> team. I said, yeah, yeah, I probably should. Excellent. Uh, so... Helping companies do well in the contact center space, having experience with multiple call recording uh, uh, partners, uh, multiple switches, multiple reporting platforms, knowing SQL myself, learning SQL, learning IBM Cognos, uh, business objects. Um, uh, Tableau and now Power BI and how to take, you know, what's the point? Uh, what's the point of your data and, and showing that that can impact a customer experience, uh, mm-hmm. trying to drive all of that. So at Zovio, uh, now we, I manage uh, and help uh, direct a uh, dialer team, contact center analysts that do all the call routing, call recording, speech analytics, helping even users with voicemail. The IT group does all the back-end patching, and we've outsourced that a lot to Converge One. So there's no telephony engineers in our company. Oh, okay. We're not telephony engineers, but we know about half of what they know mm-hmm. so that we can help guide the business to make the best decisions when they want to change a main menu or reroute skills or uh, involve a new processor. So one example that might be um, for our student advisors. They, the student will call in, dial the student advisor's extension. Now, rather than going to that voicemail of the student advisor, they immediately cover to a micro community. That's their team. And then if they don't answer, a macro community in the entire department that can help that student. Okay. Still giving them an option to go back to voicemail. The business would have never known that that kind of what they kind of knew what they wanted. We help make that happen. Mm-hmm. So that they don't have to make a mistake and experiment, we kind of give them some best practices, throw the, the, the diamonds on the table with right. the rocks and let them choose. Well, that's, that's excellent. Because, yeah, that's, that's one, of the, one of the primary purposes of this podcast. I'm glad you, you mentioned that is to really to help people hopefully learn lessons from other people's experience and, and not learn things the hard way. Right. So you're, sure. you're actually using that experience to help your own organization, right. Avoid maybe some pitfalls that, that, that you might've seen in the past so. and try to bring data into it. Yeah. So many decisions are made because people think or make an assumption. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the data. Right. And test it out and, and see what's working. So. Yeah. Excellent. And, and that, you know, that brings me up when we, when we chatted a little bit next, uh, last week, um, about, uh, some of the things that you were really interested in. I know one of the topics that you were really very passionate about was this idea of bringing data in to the story to help to better improve customer experience. Right. So sure. I know that's something you're, you're really passionate about. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. I guess knowing, knowing the switch that we have, the Avaya switch and, and knowing it down cradle to grave, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've read every single manual I can possibly get my hands on, which I just encourage everybody out there that mm-hmm. develop yourselves, right? Even though the, the, the technology might change, try to go deep and technical. It may, be, it may be hard and kind of boring, but if you nerd out a little bit, mm-hmm. it can have so much payback of now... Uh, we worked with partners and, uh, you know, again, uh, Symmetrics, now Calabrio, uh, built, built our own data mart because our BI team couldn't do it themselves. They didn't have the time. There were so many compliance, high priority items that they had to do. We now have a data mart where all that data can come together and we teach and train others how to use the data mart and to throw Power BI models at it, throw Tableau. They can, we, te- we hand SQL out. Um, and the whole reason behind that is 
they need to know how many times a caller is calling back or a student is calling back. If we, if we notify a student on a dialer job, did they respond? With that cradle-to-grave information there, we can actually see that. They can run their own reports. They can see who's not answering the phone as an advisor and rolling over to this community. And they can do it where it was very, very difficult in the past. Now it's there. Our survey data is integrated we did that at no cost because we could figure out how to do that with a simple question survey. And now we can even bring that into the call recordings to allow managers mm-hmm. to look for the great calls or the not so great calls and make decisions or, 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 or congratulate people on it or, or check into process issues. So the integration of data, extremely important. And, and our company is about ready to change our CRM at the end of the next year or end of this year or in the beginning of next year. It's going to be critical. Another integration point as well. How do we get all of this rich data and then we, the DIKW, data, information, knowledge, and wisdom to move up that chain to become less historical, more predictive, and then how can we get to, to prescriptive and say, this is what you should do. Right. That's machine learning and AI and all those mm-hmm. buzzwords yeah. are going to actually help us be able to process all of these multiple inputs that just, it takes a lot of time to train for. Uh, I really look for the next generation kind of having all of this ability of, hey, Google, okay, mm-hmm. Google, right. right? tell me how I can improve my uh, retention rates mm-hmm. or tell me how I can improve my connect rates or, or reach out to the, the customers that we have. Yep. So, yeah, that's yeah. important. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think to, to your point, right, it, it, it all starts with, with the data. Right. So you, you have to look at all of the different disparate sources of data that you have and find ways to bring those together in an intelligent way. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's one of the things that you know, we preach a lot to our to our you know, clients when we're talking to them is, you know, let's look at different dimensions of data that we have so that we can add things like customer survey data and even, you know, um, uh, uh, our own our own quality management uh, scoring, uh, things like NPS scores, uh, you know, all of that data. And that you're even bringing in, it sounds like you're even bringing in some data that's really showing the customer journey in a lot of ways, right? Right into that data story. So you can look at a client and you can see all of that information at a glance. And we can see, so we can see when customers call in and abandon. Mm -hmm. They made an outreach attempt to us via voice. Now, did they change channels Mm -hmm. and send us an email? Did they try to chat? Did they try to chatbot self-help? While we're not able to connect all of that at this point, all of the knowledge about all of that uh, is there. Mm-hmm. And so we really need, that's how we can measure customer effort. If we're outreaching to them, they try to respond back and we're simply not available. That's not their fault. Uh, there still may be a question that needs to be answered. And tying all of this data together and watching what that customer effort score is, or even worse, if if they don't re-engage us and mm-hmm. they're at risk and they stop attending classes or their grades go down and it's an academic issue, but it also may be a process administration issue, maybe with their financial aid or these other things that go on in a customer type of journey. And in order to process that data, you got to develop yourself. Mm-hmm. Good math, good yep. statistics technical skills, asking the people in your company what they do and how did they learn and are there manuals or guides or, or, or what can you do to kind of build a little bit of that? Um, and if you're, if you're an analyst, that's great. If you're a manager, how do you be technical enough, mm-hmm. but then also lead and, and, and do everything you need for your, your staff of agents or, or the contact center that you work in? It may not be so technical, but it can't hurt. There are so many resources out there that 
a long time ago, it was very difficult to learn. So mm -hmm. I'd say just keep developing yourself to be ready for these new technologies. I think machine learning and AI are going to help us solve some of the higher level questions and, and issues where there are 32 dependencies that we couldn't see before mm -hmm. on this one issue versus just simply they hung up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And as speaking as somebody who has read a few technical manuals in my day, I can also speak to the, the other kind of tertiary benefit is uh, there is no better cure in the world for insomnia than reading <laughs> okay. technical manuals. Yeah. I, I just they, they can put you out really, really, really effectively. Yeah. So if you're if you're having trouble sleeping, just pick up a technical work. manual. <laughs> absolutely. So I mean, the, the, the key thing about all of this, right, I think what it all boils down to is, uh, you know, we're trying to find ways to provide better customer experience. We're trying to find ways to decrease customer frustration. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, in, in your experience, I mean, we why is that? I know it, I know it's particularly important. You actually had a great example of, of a situation that you ran into personally. Sure. Uh, maybe you could share that a little bit and kind of talk about maybe some ways that, that that could have been avoided. Absolutely. Everybody knows the importance of a birthday. You get it one time a year. Um, I interacted with a, a major flower company to deliver uh, my girlfriend birthday flowers. So as any nervous person is on that day, I'm like waiting for a text or a call to say, oh, I got the flowers in there. Great. Nothing. And about one o'clock and I'm in a car traveling. I'm like, okay, what's going on? So I call the place and they say, oh, well, um, you'll get an email when the flowers get delivered. Four o'clock, nothing. So a texter says, well, you should be getting something today. Not wanting to kind of ruin the surprise. She leaves at five o'clock and nothing. Call back. You should get an email when they deliver the flowers. Now it's the next day. I'm calling back about 10 o'clock because, again, no flowers showed up in the morning. Dealing with the third agent, and they said, oh, well, um, it should be coming. You'll get an email. I even had signed up for their SMS text service to alert me. Uh, we're going to refund you the shipping charge. Okay, but you know that they're going to come today. Yes, they should come today. Finally, I get home after work, 5 o'clock. I go back into the email. I'm trying to tra track everything down. Uh, they missed it. Uh, since they missed the date, they'd sent me a survey. Zero stars on the net promoter score, right? Mm -hmm. So trying to alert for feedback as much as I could using key terminologies when I talked. I'm mm -hmm. frustrated. I can't believe she didn't get it. Are they coming? I look back, and it had said destination scan as the last message on the tracking and all the emails that they sent to me. But then there was this little button below there saying, look at the tracking history. I hit the button on the tracking history, and it says, first one, arrival scan. Second one, a package destroyed, not able to be delivered. Third, a notified sender, and then destination scan. Mm -hmm. And my key thing is about the data integration. If you're using a major uh, uh, delivery service, that company, the flower company, has to get that data back into the agent's hands so that they could have told me. Mm -hmm. And I even mentioned this on the call. Just tell me that the product's not going to get delivered. I could have gone out and bought flowers or saved the day or done it. Now, the, my girlfriend knew uh, and was able to kind of see all of this. And then eventually they reshipped the flowers out. But what an ordeal. What a lot of my time having to go into it. And when I called back again and got the manager... I said, I'm in the industry. I've actually been in your offices uh, mm -hmm. as part of the Via Users Group, right, in, in local in San Diego. And I said, yeah, can, you, can you at least help me know that a process change might come out of this where your agents are going to be able to see this faster mm -hmm. and they can at least give that information to me? Yeah. Um, it makes me doubt whether I want to do that process again. Um, yep. 
It was a lot, a lot of effort. And so I keep always thinking, if my niece, if my daughter, if my family member were to use the business that I'm working for, I need to be doing the things that make that experience as great as possible. Mm -hmm. Keep improving, closing failure points, uh, improving feedback, the journey that they're going through. Try to, at least from contact center technology, try to make, if if we use a menu system, make it human in a way of not just being robotic. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all all of those people in that that example. And I've shared that with a lot of people, Mm -hmm. that example, um, so that. Like we say, when things go wrong, we tell a lot of people sometimes yep. of, of what to do. But but the key thing is I did give the business the, the best feedback I could, which is integrate, integrate, integrate. Right. Give the agents the data. They could have helped possibly even make that day some other choice. And, and 9 o'clock the next morning had flowers there. So yep. anyway. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And it, frankly, it really hits home with me, too, because I, you know, being in the industry and, and I, I – when I have a bad customer experience with an organization, I do the exact same thing. I'm just I'm praying that this company has some sort of an analytics tool, yeah. right, where they're analyzing the the language that's being used to the call. And I try to I do the same thing. I try to give them that key language that said, you know, here's how you can improve, or uh, you know, this is the issue that I'm having, and and try to uh, you know trigger those things if they have that technology in place because it's you know again to your point, right? We're not going to mention any company names here as sure. far as bad experiences are concerned. But when we're talking to our friends, we absolutely do. Right. I certainly am going to say I don't do business with such and such a company anymore because there I had this really bad experience and it it was to the point that I can't trust them as an organization and I'm not going to do business with them. We have so many options today. Right. From a from a competition perspective in just about every industry, you know, and you being in the education industry, I mean, it's it's incredibly competitive. uh, And to be able to show that you're giving a consistent customer experience and bring those kind of um, that personal, you know, experience. Right. I don't want this to happen to any of our clients uh, as that having that perspective, I think, is absolutely critical to being successful. So and as we as we work in our company with students and and try to help those experiences be good, we need to look at when we're not meeting that expectation. And and is it process related or is it agent related? Do we Mm -hmm. just need to give somebody some extra training or feedback? Are there agents now we've, we've with all the data, we can see, hey, this agent is scoring a little bit less than the others. Is it an, an agent engagement issue? Mm-hmm. Is it a, um, a knowledge issue? Is it a job fit issue? What is it? I mean, and right. then hopefully approaching the people that we work with in a good, positive way to say, here's some information we're looking at. What does this tell you? Mm-hmm. Even putting it back on from a coaching standpoint, the other side is if you were to look at this information, is there anything that you would see you could do from this? Is there anything you feel I can help you understand? Give me permission to coach you in a mm-hmm. way um, that can be really, really powerful without just being overbearing and also a police state mm-hmm. of, ooh, here's what you did wrong. Let's yeah. look also. This may be one out of 100 times. And then when we do coach and we can turn behavior around, that's awesome. Then right. they feel like it's valuable feedback rather than just criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, that's that's another one that, that I, I think is really important because I think all too often when we're when we're coaching our agents, we a lot of times we focus on just based on the the, the random nature of the way that we choose calls to evaluate, that we choose contacts to evaluate. By, by definition, we're generally going to be getting those run of the mill kind of just an average call uh, or contact that we're evaluating. Um, but when we're actually able to coach to those more difficult contacts and actually be able to give a, a give our agents you know specific instruction on 
if you run into this situation, here's a, here's something that you can do to try to turn that around for the customer, uh, I think is a really important aspect to coaching is being able to give, give your agents essentially a full toolbox uh, of, of, uh, and coach them to be able to deal with those more challenging contacts and not just the kind of standard run-of-the-mill ones that they deal yeah. with. On and also basis. thinking back as an agent, many times... What phone number are you calling from? Um, please give me your policy number if it wasn't pre-done in, the, in an IVR and presented. Is how can we get so much of the customer information at the time the connection happens to the agent right in front of their face? Um, John Goodman writes some good bu- books, Customer Experience 3.0, um, Psychic Pizza. Okay. Psychic pizzas when your customer opens the door and there you are with the pizza they were just about to order. Mm-hmm. Right. So if there are so many indicators in their journey, their their grades start changing, their attendance start changing, their discussion posts start changing, maybe their payments, any of these factors that you can now, and especially with machine learning and mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, they can process so much of that so quickly uh, that they can say, hey, here's, a, here's a, an indicator that says something is happening and changing. Pay attention here mm-hmm. that nobody could see or it's buried in the notes or it's over here in this one siloed system, bringing that together, providing it. Now we may even know right when the person calls, I got a hunch it's about these th- one of these three things, or it may be payment related, offer them up a specific menu that's custom tailored mm-hmm. or in their app that they have on their phone, I need to call this company. Okay, is it for your billing questions? Is it for your payment that's about to be due? Is it for your service? And then we know exactly where to get them. I don't think we've ever had the ability to influence those types of decisions like we do right now in, in the in the industry. Yeah, yeah, the technology is it's grown so ridiculously fast in the last five to ten years. I mean, it's it, to, to your point. I think people find it sometimes. I know in my experience when I when I first started seeing things being kind of presented to me that I was like, I was thinking about that, you know, <laughs> Google and, and Amazon are, are really good at that type of thing. And initially I was kind of creeped out by it, but I think a lot of people were, but over time you, you know, it's, that's essentially the new normal now mm-hmm. it's you, you kind of expect that level of service where they know what you're thinking. They, they, sh- they have so much information on you and it's frankly, it, it's really convenient and it, it might creep out, creep you out a little bit, but the convenience factor is just off the charts with that kind of service. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm frankly, I'm really excited to see where the, where the that where these technologies are going to go in the future because, like I said, they're they're growing very quickly. Right. So, well, excellent, excellent. So I know you've got a, a plane to catch, so I don't want to sure. keep you keep you here too long. But uh, you know, the one way we always like to, uh, the way I like to end these podcasts is I ask everybody if you can give me a, a brain teaser, a joke, or a riddle to close off the podcast. So okay. What do you have for me today? All right. So uh, I've got two little short ones here. Right. Uh, I'll give you two jokes. Um, one is why do crows sit up high on telephone wires i don't know so they can make long distance calls uh, love it and a contact center data analyst uh walks uh, who's familiar with sql uh, walks into a restaurant and sees two tables she walks up to them and says may i join you <laughs> it's a sequel joke. You got to know. So you're joining tables and data and uh-huh. stuff like that. So. I, I know. I know enough to to make that a groaner. Yeah, there we that's go. That's good. No, a man after my own heart. I'm a big <laughs> fan of cheesy jokes. So uh, really appreciate your time, Daniel. Thank sure. you for so much for being here, and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Brad. Thank you.